and welcome to another episode of the World Class Agency podcast. I'm Mark Warren from Love to Move. I'm joined, as always, by Sam Hunter. Hello, Sam. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I am excellent today, thank you. Despite the like continual murky skies and rain, the fact that the sun isn't up uh, till like seven ten in the morning, I'm in a good mood. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we'll be talking later on today's show um, to Sarah Edmondson of Agency All Stars. But just before we, um, we we speak to Sarah, Sam, what what have you been up to this week, and and what's kind of the sentiment that estate agents are, are telling you? Uh, what are we? So second Monday of October uh, today, uh, which is the seventh. It's it's that last quarter of the year fever. Um, I always like this time of year. It was always my busiest time. Um, when I was selling houses and I think for the majority of the industry as well, it, it's that sort of time as well. You know, it's the point where all your buyers are like, holy hell, we need to buy something because we want to be in for Christmas. You know, we made ourselves yeah. a promise in March that we were going to have something to have Christmas dinner or Christmas lunch at this year. And we still haven't found it yet. So maybe we've got to pull our fingers out and make a decision. And on the, I guess, flip side of that coin, it's often the point of the year where agents look back at what they promised they'd do for themselves in January or New Year's Eve or whenever it was. And they think I haven't quite achieved my goals and they go one of two ways. Now they either double down and realize that the next three months can actually change their businesses now and to next year or, and I think sadly this is probably the majority, although I'd say it's a bit of a 50, 50 split. A lot of them go, well, I haven't done anything for the last nine months. So what's the point in doing it? for the next three it's like you know when you say you're going to start a new eating regime or start going to the gym and it's friday night and you're like oh, i'll just have 10 pints and, and a pizza <laughs> I'll, I'll worry about the rest on monday whereas those three days actually do count and these three months do matter uh for next year or for now and for next year if that any of that makes sense yeah absolutely but maybe you've maybe you've um, kind of just notified me something I've been doing diet wrong but anyway that's that's a, that's, a, that's another thing work-wise I, I completely agree um, these these three months will will massively make a difference for a successful 2020 I don't know about you but 2019 has been a really good year for for us I speak to a lot of agents who despite uh, uncertainty in the market are um, developing and, and developing well and something I'm really looking forward to um, asking Sarah about is you know what are the kind of traits that um, those good agents you know em employ what makes mm. a good agent and because obviously she speaks and trains a lot of agents so I'm really looking forward to hearing her point of view on that yeah I mean I think consistency is something that I would urge anyone who's listening to this and if you are listening and you see you've got colleagues or anything like that who are perhaps struggling for that, like now's a great time to build that habit. You know, you've got 80 odd days left for the year. If you can do those core activities, I always talk to people I, like my one thing and I harp on about it over and over and over again to anybody that will listen is talk to 20 people every day. You know, yeah. Um, it's not a big challenge, but it's something that actually shifts your business forward. Even if, even if you're talking literally to your 20 best mates every day, then you're top of their mind, and they'll go and find you a referral. You know, I, I used to say to a, a like old PA of mine who then sort of took over my business when we moved to the UK, I was like, mate, if you've got no one to talk to, bring your mum, <laughs> because your mum's your biggest fan, 
and your mum knows everybody in your local community anyway. And so who better out there to say, oh, Sam's been up to do this or Sam's been doing that. And they're like, oh, what's he doing these days? Well, you know, selling houses. Oh, we need to sell our house. Oh, you should talk to him then. And, and it's that natural referral. But th those conversations don't happen unless you've had the conversation first. Um, yeah. And one thing, as we get closer to Christmas, one thing I'll, I want to do a, a podcast on and we'll figure out who to get on is that from the 1st of December to Christmas day, every single person, you know, is talking to every single person that they know. And so your opportunity to be top of mind expands exponentially if you're willing to put in the work and to have those conversations. And I would suggest start that now, like get into that. Yeah, habit agree. Now and like, just, just build that consistent habit and start small. Don't say you have to make a hundred phone calls every day. Start with 20. Don't even start with 20, start with 10, but don't break that chain. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but there's Jerry Seinfeld, like awesome comedian. Um, people ask him, they're like, how do you consistently like be a funny bastard? And <laughs> his, his thing is he writes jokes every day and he's like, I haven't, I haven't broke my chain in like 30, 40 years. And he's like, my jokes aren't always good but I write jokes every single day and then the good will come from that or the jokes will get better over time. And I think if you're an agent and you're listening to this and you want to have a big 2020, don't break the chain now, you know, start yeah. now, form those habits, get going. Um, I, think that's, I, think, I think that's really, really, that's really, that's, that's really good advice. Um, and, you know, never thought about the, uh, the Christmas thing, but yeah, very, very valid. I bet there's not very many estate agents that are having those sort of thoughts. Mate, it's like a very, like, I was very fortunate to have a good mentor of mine, a lady called Heather Defina, and she taught me that lesson, like, when I was 23 or 24 years old, and, and she did, she, the words that came out of her mouth was, every single person you know is talking to every single day, person they know now, and you've got to be making the most of that, you know, and it's not calling them saying, hey, who do you know that wants to sell the house in 2020? <laughs> you know, is that not your script? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm in your street for a free valuation. Can I come over? I'm there. It can be 215 or 415. Which suits you best? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, but you can call people and you can say, hey, it's been a great year. We've spoken a couple of times. I'll send you some information about how the market's moving and maybe some of our predictions for next year. Just wanted to say thanks for being one of my clients. That's a warm conversation to make, you know. And if the conversation yeah. goes really well, then you've earned the right to say, and do you know what I was thinking of moving next year? Or could you listen out for me? You know, that's yeah, a great question yeah. to ask. Um, we'll, we'll delve into this, all of this dialogue and all of this stuff another day because there's so much we could talk on. Um, and I'm conscious that if you and I keep talking about this, then we're going to have one of those podcasts that goes for an hour and a half and we'll probably lose people's interest. <laughs> so, we get, we get yeah, go on. Yeah, you, you, um, you go and um, introduce Sarah. We're lucky enough to be joined today by a woman who is leading the charge towards improved estate agency here in the UK. Her career spans nearly a decade and she's been involved with and trained traditional and online estate agency, auction businesses, franchisees, and corporates UK wide as a coach and trainer. This gives her a very unique perspective on the industry and she's affected considerable growth and efficiencies in everything from national networks to one branch independence. She is ambitious, driven, and her main focus is to be the very best at what she does. She's got an email that if you read it too fast, says training God, but we think she backs it up. Sarah Edmondson, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you very much. And um, I'm sitting here grinning because that was, uh, well, I'm blushing and grinning because I accidentally made uh, my email sound like I was a training God. And um, well, listen, it's different to guru, isn't it? So, you know. <laughs> it's different to guru, whatever gets people noticing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It, and why, it why not? Gets people talking that's for sure thank you very much for having me really appreciate it 
No, it, it's our privilege. Sarah, I want to ask you before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, talk us through your career. Why did you get into this business? Why estate agency first? Why what you do now? Yeah, I mean, why did anybody get into a estate agency? That's the, uh, the, the big question, I think, for everybody. Um, it certainly wasn't something that I planned on. I had a background in sales and marketing. It was in property because I was in, worked for one of the biggest holiday let companies in the UK. And I absolutely loved it, but I was ready for a new challenge. And I, um, I headed off after a, um, a tipsy uh, Christmas party, shall we say, with ideas in my head, because I met some of the local guys who were running a very, very good independent estate agency up here in the Lake District where I live. And um, it just seemed like a really good challenge. I had no knowledge whatsoever of um, estate agency. And I just went off and, um, and worked for them and worked from the bottom up. And it was... Um, yeah, I mean, it was just brilliant. I loved it. No two days are the same, dealing with lots of different people and also truly helping people in what mm. was often a very emotional time of their lives, be it a good emotion or a bad emotion. I really felt like I was helping people and um, that, that's what really captured me, I think. Did you love it from day one? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> loved it from day one. I just thought this is, this is something, it's fast paced, it's different, it's exciting. You know, one minute I was out on a, a, a viewing at that time when I first started, I'd be out on a viewing, I'd be on the phone, I'd be, you know, working out what our market share was, working out how many more fees we needed to get exchanged to, to hit our targets every month. And it, that captured me because I wasn't in um, that environment in the sales and marketing role. It was all very much spreadsheets and budgeting. So it was a different, it was a different angle for me and I loved it. Yeah. And so how, how, did it, how did the training angle come, come along and, and why, why is it, would you say, you work so passionately to, to try and improve agents? Yes, again, another really good question. Um, so I, after I'd worked in a, in a state agency as an estate agent for this very well-known independent and also for Fine & Country, other premium brands are available, um, I... And spend, I decided um, to go and, and spread my wings even further. And that resulted in me working for a very well-known membership network. And um, during that time, I had 140 branches under my stewardship, so we, shall we say. I traveled around the, the north of England, north Midlands, north Wales, looking after all of these agents. And whilst the membership uh, organization that I worked for provided them with lots of good tools and marketing solutions and things like that. Um, the one bit that I felt was missing was actually these agents that I went to see day in, day out every week, they needed help with different mm. things. They needed help with um, everything. Well, the people strategy essentially, and also their business strategy. And that, that was something at the time that three hours every two months wasn't I, I wasn't enough for me to be able to do that with them so at the time I worked with Brian Mansell I don't know if you know he was my boss um I'm obviously the boss now so just to clear that <laughs> up in case somebody that's why you're here <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't tell him that I hope he doesn't listen oh the cat um, might be out of the bag now yeah. yeah so essentially Brian was my boss and we both had this very same vision that was actually we can help agents in a different way we don't need to sell them marketing tools or, or provide them with marketing advice necessarily although it is a big part of what we do now but really it was to go in and look at their businesses uh, have the drains up as we call it and actually um, take a deep dive into data and people and recruitment and the numbers everything 
and then work out a strategy for them to be successful. So that's how I've ended up doing training. All stars, two and a bit years old now. Nice one. Congratulations. What, talk talk me you. through the, the people strategy because that's what, I, what interests me, right? Everybody says we know that estate agency is about the people uh, and yet very few of them make it about the people. So I'm, I'm intrigued to hear what your like, people strategy is and what you like, would say is a good people strategy for the people that you work with now. Yeah, I, I, think, I think this is why our, I'm reluctant and hesitant sometimes to be just um, labelled a trainer, actually. Although, you know, it's really important part of what we do. Actually, the, the people strategy is the headline that I use so often now. And that's because really, some, I went to a big meeting last week with an, a very, very well-known agency up here in the north. And my first question to them is, what are your core values? You know, and what is your vision? And that's really where it starts. So um, from a people strategy point of view, I need to understand what your core values are and where, what your vision and, and ultimate goals are. And then we work back from that. So your people strategy includes everything from your recruitment to your um, pay schemes, to the way that you reward and look after your staff. The culture obviously is enormous. It's, I think it's a huge part of, any any business actually that is important to get right but actually very difficult to get right and then I think also you know of course the learning and development that you're going to offer these people the actual progression we're one of the strangest industries that I've <laughs> happened to find myself in because um I, I, I use this example quite a lot actually when I talk and do you know um rent car companies you know sort of Avis or um What's the other popular one that I use? Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Do you guys mm -hmm. know Enterprise Rent-A-Car? I do. Yeah, of course. So they have got a world-class management training program. And they attract some of the best talent at the, the um, student fairs, at the recruitment fairs, at all those sorts of things. And that really gets me thinking because a lot like a state agency, I'm almost certain that there are very few 15-year-olds out there in the world who go, check it out. I want to be in car rental when I grow up. <laughs> I just don't think anybody really does that. It's not something desirable. Just like I'm not sure many people go, I want to be an estate agent. But actually, because they have formalized and created a clear pathway to attract talent and show them how they can come and learn the skills of top, top level management, it attracts all the talent. And I think, you know, I could speak for hours on this, but I think that might be where we're going wrong. Yeah. As an industry. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think uh, particularly in my experience, and I think Mark echoes this as well, although Mark, you've, you've probably had a pathway because you've come into a family business that's really well run and been taught good skills from the start. But certainly yeah, back home and here, it's almost a bums on seats, desk and a pen and a phone mentality and away you go. And <laughs> yeah. you're a negotiator, even though you can't spell the word. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we shortened it to nag yeah <laughs> it's, it's better than nag i guess uh, um, can, I, can i ask can i ask then sarah so um you you talk about this pathway um and if you use enterprise as the example much easier probably if you're running um a large estate agency chain but what sort of things do you think the independent could do to help create that pathway to help you know secure that really good talent maybe if you've got you know one three four offices something like that 
yeah, can yeah. they do? And, and actually that's the core of my business. Those are the businesses that I work with generally is people with everything from one, one branch to sort of five branches really. And, um, you know, they're, they're too, they're too big, um, to, to do in the classroom training, joining up with everybody else, but they're also uh, slightly too small to have their own in-house trainer. And yeah. ultimately, what I would say to, to, the, to those people is this, this really does boil down to having a vision and mm. a clear handle on the business goals. Too many times I go and I uh, meet with businesses and the owners of the business, business and they are unsure literally about the key metrics within their business and therefore they're unable to have a clear vision for the year. So again, Right now, and I don't know when this is going out, this podcast, so I may be, um, I may be getting the dates muddled up for you guys. But in all honesty, right now, what I would say to you is you should always have a, a six-month minimum, if not 12-month business plan in any business, mm. estate agency especially. What tends to happen is the independent agents are just, and you know, they're hardworking people on the ground here, are so busy at the coalface doing the do every single day that actually taking that half day or a full day to step fully away from the business and make a clear plan. You know, I need X number of market appraisals. I'm going to run events this year to generate more landlord business. I'm going to set clear targets for my teams. These are the exact numbers we need to be doing every month. Just having even a one page business plan, which is something we specialize in can help everybody buy into the vision of the next six to 12 months unfortunately a lot of the time we're just going through the motions quick quick we need more market poses in the diary yeah. yep yep and actually that's fine but i have asked this question to nearly every group of people that i meet how many market phrases do you need in your diary every single month and the amount of people who don't know that is astonishing that, wow. that so, sort of plan almost allows for predictability in your business, right? So you can start to understand, if you understand your numbers, then your business becomes predictable. It's interesting. Mark and I were talking off camera before this about, so we're recording this on the 7th of October on a Monday morning and there's say three months left in the year. And, and we were talking about this three months is what you should be leveraging to build consistency and to set up the next 12 months of your business because everybody looks at Q4 and they made themselves all these promises uh, back in January, you know, or New Year's Eve, cheersing over a bottle of champagne saying, <laughs> yeah. next year's going to be fucking way better. We're going to do all this. We're going to do all that. But they don't plan <laughs> and nothing happens. And then they get to Q4 and they look back and they're like, oh, I didn't achieve what I want to achieve. So I may as well not do any work for the rest of the year. And I'll just start again in January. Whereas now is the time to build that consistency and that habit and understand where you want to be so that you springboard. Um, and I think having a plan, like you say, for six or 12 months, just, just, we have to have it, right? Otherwise, you, so, don't, you, don't, you don't get where you want to go without a map. It's really, you make such a really great point. I think you've got to have that plan. And actually, it is heartbreaking if you get to the end of quarter three and you're moving into quarter four and you haven't achieved your goals. Mm. But sometimes I think, um, and Brian says this all the time, the easiest way to eat an elephant is in small chunks. And I do a lot of work <laughs> with my clients, both supplier, supplier side and agent side, where we actually do, we run everything we do and I'm contracted with them on 90 day cycles yeah. because sometimes if we look at the whole year and especially given the, um, I'm not going to say the word, but the uncertainty that is uh, present 
um, especially given the fact that we keep getting hit left, right and centre with various different legislation and things going on. Actually, maybe 12 months plan is a little bit too much to ask. Mm -hmm. So do it in 90 days. Do those short, sharp 90 day plans. Yeah, we're the same. Like we work in two week sprints here, yeah. like doing everything to do. And that was on, you couldn't have told me to work in such short amounts of times, but you'd be surprised at just how much you can accomplish if you're consistent in two weeks. And it's a number that's not scary. And like uh, Tom Panos, everybody listening to this knows who Tom Panos is. He says that in 90 days, you can change your life. Um, yeah. If you're consistent, you know, and consistency is the key. Consistency yeah, it, is key. If, if you are mediocre in terms of the numbers that you might be doing, but they're very quality, you'll be surprised at what happens over time. Um, yeah. You sort of answered my question there. Like where I, I was going to ask you, um, where do you see a lot of agents going wrong? And I think you sort of answered that by not understanding where they want to be and how they're going to get there. So I want to jump to the next one and Mark will switch our questions around. I want to talk to you, Sarah, you obviously, fix uh, a lot of agencies or improve them i want to know when you stumble across a great agent or when you stumble across an agency and you're just like wow this is an amazing business talk me through what that looks like because i don't want it to all be doom and gloom because there are agents out there that are doing incredible work and i think uh if we can highlight at least from your perspective what that looks like maybe others will learn from that way rather than going oh shit i've got to do this other work as well yeah, so great point. And just to be clear, um, I am obviously, um, <laughs> although I do go in and uh, fix inverted commas <laughs> businesses, um, I'm really not a doom monger. I'm rather a positive person. Um, <laughs> but, but obviously the whole purpose of me being there is to, um, to uncover the gaps, uncover the opportunities, and therefore um, optimise and maximise them. And what I would say on, in that is that really this is about and something that we believe wholeheartedly in is marginal gains. And it kind of goes hand in hand with consistency as well. So the idea that there's, there's lots of little tweaks that can be done to an agency to, to improve it. There's so many agents out there that are doing a great job and working really, really hard and, mm. um, and, and doing it, you know, getting the successes. This is about making that success just even sweeter or even more profitable, should I say. But with regards to coming to your question, um, about the idea that these, uh, what the great agents are doing, I think it's, it goes back to really what I was saying about vision. They share a very transparent vision with their teams. The teams have got a clear roadmap to success, so they know what is expected of them. But in addition to that, they're very well tech enabled. There is an awful lot of prop tech out there, inverted commas again, yeah. that is solving stuff that is just not even a problem. Yet, but yeah. there's a lot of other prop tech that is really key to a great business now. So in answer to, my, to, your, to your question, tech enabled businesses with good people strategy, which includes recruitment, learning and development and clear goals and a fab culture that, that really rewards effort and success is where I see some of the businesses having the best successes all round. And a lot of that, and I'm being asked an awful lot now to do this, comes from the leadership. Mm -hmm. We're doing a lot of leadership and management training now purely because we're recognizing, and so are businesses, that we can have this clear vision and these goals, but we need someone to get in day to day, naturally embed that as part of the business and drive it forward. And, um, and yeah, so leadership is key in, in all of this. 
Great stuff, great stuff. Can I just pick up on something that you mentioned before, um, Sarah? You talked about kind of changing um, regulation, changing legislations within within the industry. What's your view on um, kind of where the industry is going with impending regulation and, and how do you think that's going to affect estate agency businesses? Yeah, I mean, this is the number one question that I get asked at the moment, of course, naturally. So for what it's worth, my two pence worth as it is, is that regulation... Uh, is required and desperately needed in the industry Absolutely. possibly I think uh, and we spoke about this offline so um, just just to fill in your listeners but possibly that what it will help do is attract more talent mm. yeah? yeah that's what I think regulation can do I think there's a bit of a concern in, in the chatter that we hear it, around the industry that actually it's going to be a brain drain, as it were. So some of our more experienced agents who have been in the, in the industry 30 plus years are going to get to a point where they think, oh God, I can't be asked to do a level four, never mind a level <laughs> three. And actually, that's the, the, so there's a concern that we're going to have a bit of a brain drain. And that will be disappointing, but I still think that the best agents out there and the ones that still feel they want to do this for another 10, 15 years are going to probably jump on this some of them will already have a level three so they'll be able to do their cpd to top up yeah. so actually we're just going to see a group of people who become um, more professional more skilled and hopefully it will prevent prevent sorry the chances and the charlatans entering the, the industry because we know they exist i'm sorry to say it so yeah absolutely yeah here, here, here. That's, I, I think regulation is, is, a, is a great thing for the, for the industry. I'm really looking forward to working in a, a regulated industry. I think that'd be fantastic. I am. I, I think, you know, I think it's really exciting. And you look at, you know, for example, the, um, the, the legal profession, you know, you would not be able to advise somebody uh, legally on what can often be smaller assets or, yeah. or smaller values. Um, you wouldn't be able to do that without any kind of, you know, th th these lawyers have to train for five, six months. My best friend is a lawyer at a big law firm in Manchester. She's, I feel like she's been training forever. Um, <laughs> I, literally, she probably would say definitely the same thing. So actually, it, you know, why, sh why should we be the ones? We're dealing with huge values here, actually. Yeah. You know, often people's biggest asset. And yes, we have to have the customer service angle and the emotional angle that we're going to look after these people. But ultimately, also, we need to make sure that we're all sort of following the same standards um, to professionalise. And I think, I hope that, I have a dream, that we will see 15, 16-year-olds thinking, that is an actual profession, and I want to go into it because it's a profession, and I want to be the best. And so I'm going to combine my entrepreneurial mentality, perhaps, with my professional skills that I've learned during my level three, and I'm going to be a really good agent. And I think, I think... That can only be a good thing for for the industry we are speaking to Ofqual, i should say but that's a nine month process so anybody else <laughs> thinking of speaking to Ofqual, good luck <laughs> can i ask you a question on on just what you said there where people you, you want people to want to get into the industry and be the best so i'm going to ask yeah. you this question why do people become estate agents and don't want to be the best yeah, well, it's an interesting question. I don't actually think that many people get up in the morning and, and think, I'm not, you know, I can't be yeah. asked today. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm going to do a really crappy <laughs> job. That's kind of me. I'm just, I think there's very few people like that. I think everybody I, I meet certainly is trying to do the best they can. 
but of course that is completely and utterly subjective mm. somebody's best is somebody else's worst and yeah. there's lots of different opinions and thought processes surrounding all different things in agency i was in a facebook group I've, well in fact i've had a twitter spat which i think you were involved in this weekend sam and i've had a uh, facebook uh, group discussion around about fees and actually i want to take whilst there's always going to be a need for agents to be different and differentiate themselves from the other person down the road or in the different office i do think that there has to be this idea that we have a standardization i'm interested in getting the talent yeah and i'm interested yeah. in getting the uh, you know I, I mean i don't know whether you guys have ever been to any employment fairs i remember them fondly when i was leaving university and you know you are literally getting hit left right and center by the likes of um pricewaterhouse coopers kpmg all the the big law firms, John Lewis partnership, they want the talent. And as an industry, I think we've got to come together mm. to want the talent and harness it and nurture it. And just imagine what that'll do for the standards. So I'm not saying yeah. that nobody wants to, to work hard because I think everybody's working hard in their own way, but it's just about really getting those talented brains that m will help with innovation in the industry as well. That makes sense to me. Um, Sarah, we want to ask you one last question, uh, and it's yep. a question we ask everybody that we have on, um, and that is, what does world-class estate agency look like to you? Yeah, so for me, it's a little algebra equation, which is not going to play out very well on a, a podcast because nobody can see it. I usually put this up on a big slide. So I shall break it down for you. It's quite simple. Great tech plus great people equals happy customers. And there's a reason why I include all of that, okay? So obviously from the great tech point of view, that includes having the very best processes within your business that include tech. The reason I add people is because you've got to have great people, but that includes a great recruitment strategy, rewarding them properly, having clear goals, um, KPIs if you want to call them that, and clear visions, and also a learning and development pathway. And if you do all of that, it equals happy customers and ultimately that is what this is all about mm. we can sit about talking about what's a world-class agency but we've got to look at this from the customer's perspective many people we come across haven't moved for many years they need full support from a trusted advisor or a team of trusted advisors they need professionalism they need integrity and they need to be taken smoothly through the transaction and looked after beyond that as well and that's what world-class agency looks like to me great tech great people happy customers all working in unison together Sarah, Fantastic. Thank what, you. An answer. Yeah, what an answer uh it has been our pleasure to talk to you you shared a lot thank you so much um maybe we can do it again sometime i hope so thank you very much indeed nice one no thanks Sarah. Sarah just before we go if people are wanting to to get in touch how can how can they get in touch maybe twitter did you say you had a bit of a twitter spot Oh, yeah, no, don't go and see me on Twitter. You'll see me having spats. Don't do that. <laughs> In all honesty, the best thing to do, and I have no idea how far and wide this podcast will go, but you can call me I'll, or text me or WhatsApp me. I'm a millennial, so I love that kind of thing. <laughs> so it's 07393 409 306. Uh, or you can email me. I've got variety, as Sam mentioned, training God. It's one of them, but I'll give you Sarah at the All Stars Group dot com and 
if anybody wants to get in touch with me or just go and find me on LinkedIn, Sarah Edmondson. I'm always hoppering around on LinkedIn. So happy to talk to anyone who'd like to. Great stuff. Thank you very much for your time, Sarah. Thank you, No worries. Thanks, guys. Cheers. A massive thank you to Sarah Sarah Edmondson for joining us this week. Um, A great podcast full of some really, really fantastic um, information, some fantastic advice for her. Um, I don't know about you, Sam, but, but for me, one of the things that, that really stood out, Sarah was very, very passionate about it. Um, not only did she say for business owners um, have a vision, for me, it was sharing that vision. It was really yes. important that it came across. Absolutely. And listeners can't see me, but you and I are on a Zoom call looking at each other now and I'm just sitting here nodding my head because I think knowing a little bit more about what Sarah does now, but where she's come from, you can sort of understand why she's so passionate about what she does. And, and I completely agree with that point as well. I picked up on it. It's, it's understanding where you want to go and the goals that are going to take to get you there, but then sharing that vision and being as transparent as possible with everyone in, in your organization, because it doesn't matter how big and small you are. If, if uh, your people are not on the same page, it's very difficult to get to the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. She talked about that. Words there. <laughs> yeah, she talked about that as a, as a roadmap to success. Yeah. I think that is, you know, really important as part of that, you know, I think if you have a vision, it then makes some of the things that she talked about a little bit easier, having a clear handle on your goals, knowing the key, key metrics in your business. But it all starts with that vision and telling the staff where, where you're going on, on your journey. Yeah. And your core values as well. I mean, I think I, I used to have all these goals and missions in life and everything like that. And they almost, if you have too much, it becomes very confusing. But if you have your core values, then every decision that you make, be it in business or in life, either aligns with those values or it doesn't, um, yeah. which then depending on which way you want to go, makes those decisions really easy. And so I thought, yeah, that, that was a great point. Um, I liked that she talked a lot about people and people strategy. And one thing that I'd not actually associated, and it's probably because I've never been on the recruitment side, in a state yeah. agency that might be like that might be something that you and i can find someone to talk on in like hiring the right people and everything because it clearly yeah. is so important in your business but not only having a best people strategy around culture um around recruitment um but it's actually making sure that your part of your strategy is recruiting the best talent mm-hmm. you know and like not having uh towards the end we spoke about like people who just get up and go to work and they don't actually want to be the best and making sure that the people that you'll bring into your organization actually want to be the best and i thought that's probably something that is not thought of enough i know everyone probably thinks yeah we want to have the best people within our business but um maybe they think they can hire everyone and then they'll just throw shit against the wall and hope that some of it sticks and that's the best but actually if you go ahead and make that decision and make that part of your core values from the start it probably sets you up for greater success yeah yeah absolutely she talked about good people good tech happy customers and that's that's the aim for everyone right that's it man great tech great people happy customers for me that was like i'm glad she mentioned part of technology being processes as well because it is all well and good to have a suite of amazing tools or technology but if you don't like articulate to your people how you use them to get the most benefit is a waste of money. Um, And I think that does come down to process Um, and then great people implement great process. And she talked about, it's not just about the staff being great people. It's about the leadership and people within that business being exceptional leaders. And that's 
transparency, having a vision, communicating that vision, you know, being willing to get into the trenches and all of that, as, as Sarah said, great tech, great people equals happy customers. And to me, I, I think that we talk about raving fans and that's what you want in your business, right? Like then if you've got raving fans coming back to how we started this whole podcast, what half an hour ago was 20 people a day. If all you're doing every day is calling your raving fans, then life's pretty easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you've got a wonderful business that is predictable and sort of takes care of itself. Yeah. 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 Um, absolutely. She also talked about working on the business rather than in the business as well, didn't she? And that's, for me, as a, as a state agency, um, we speak to a lot of agents, um, you probably know as, as well as I do, working on the business is a difficult thing for an estate agent to do, particularly if yeah. they've cut back on staff recently, um, but so, so important for, for uh, continued success. Yeah, and working in 90-day cycles to do so. And so like not, not giving yourself a, a yearly plan and freaking out that a year's a really long time or maybe a really short time, again, it's subjective, right? But, but yeah. and breaking everything down, working in 90-day cycles. I liked... She said a saying that was something like the easiest way to eat elephants in small pieces. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she stole that one of Brian, her, her business partner, but it makes a lot of sense, right? It is marginal gains. You know, if you've ever read that uh, Matthew side book um, about marginal gains in the cycling uh, or, or ping pong, I'm not sure which one he wrote about it was probably both, um, you know, little things add up compounds over time. You know, the big yeah. things live in the little things is something we say probably more than I should. Um, <laughs> yeah, You've got you to make the point. But it, it's, it was true, you know, and, and actually probably the thing that stuck with me most, um, and maybe this is a good place to end it, is, is to build, to, to have leadership where a, you have a culture in your business that not only rewards effort, but rewards results the other way around, not only rewards results in terms of commissions or bonuses or anything, but a culture that rewards effort as well, because there are people out there who work their asses off and maybe they've just had a bad week and they don't get any rewards. And I think you lose good people to better businesses by not rewarding effort like you do with results as well. And I think that's a really good lesson that, that a lot of business owners or valuers, managers, whoever it is, who's in a leadership position who is listening to this can take on board and, and implement. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. Well, I think on that note, that'll probably do us um, for this for this week's episode. A huge thank you for, for listening. A huge thank you to Sarah Edmondson again. Um, we, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it get better. If, if you like what we do, then we'd ask that you maybe hit subscribe, share the episodes that you do like on, on social media. Um, thank you very much. I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. We'll see you next week. <laughs>